Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there! You have tuned into episode 19 of the Star Wars Archives, the Utini Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Pudu out of it. I am Jose, aka Joxie in the Utiniverse. I have watched all Star Wars canon movies and TV shows. I have read 42 Star Wars books, and I own 15 of them, but I did just tell Corey that he, had a, he has some duplicates, and I asked him to send me, I think, three more, so... Hey, I get to update my numbers. And I guess this means you've finished Greater Good now. Yes. Because you've gone up to ah, You noticed. You, you noticed. I, I, I was like, my numbers changed, so I went and checked <laughs> last, last show's show notes. I have, I have a long commute now that we were back working at the office, and uh, so I'm like, oh, this is a good excuse to finally finish Greater Good because I do the audible um, uh, audiobook of it. So, yeah. So uh, what what did you think? I mean, there's not going to be any spoilers here, and it's a few months out, but what did you think of it? I mean, it took me a long time to finish it. Um, so it started to get a little more interesting right after halfway point to me, but I don't know. Um, I re- It was literally the last quarter to me. Once, yeah. once you realized what was actually happening, yeah. then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I- but up until then, I, I found it a bit... Exactly. So. so I don't know. Maybe it's just like ramping up for the third one. But the first book was so good that I was a little disappointed uh, that it it wasn't yeah. to that level. But again, it's the middle portion of the whole trilogy. So I think that yeah, just looking forward to the next one because you know we know we're gonna read it. So yeah. Okay, and uh, I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline pages over at utini.com. Spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media and own over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. Uh, For those joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs. I will try to do as little research as possible. And I always say that I've done research or I haven't done research. This episode is going to be a little different again. So we could talk about anything Star Wars, legends, canons, books, comics, TV, whatever, and hopefully keep you both entertained and informed over the next hour. Yeah, and uh, different, a little different is very true for this yeah. episode <laughs> because we have not chosen an actual topic. Um, we have not, we're not deep diving into a character. We are watching Star Wars A New Hope and doing a little bit of an audio commentary and deep dive on whatever we see on screen happening. Um, So, and to help us with this, we do have a very special guest with us today. It's me, it's Heather. (laughs) Heather. (laughs) I beat you to it. You did. (laughs) Okay, so. That was was a better way for, I mean, that was very you. So I I, thank you for doing that. (laughs) 
Yay. Okay. I, I couldn't wait. I was getting anxious. <laughs> I was just vibrating in my seat. Okay. So I'm Heather Goldman. Um, I have been with Utini since practically the beginning. I want to say somewhere from like three to four years. Um, I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. I've done a lot of social media. I've done some writing. I've done some database work. I've even recorded some YouTube videos That's that right. you can see that are up right now. Um, I frequently guest on podcasts, as you can see, and I even have my very own podcast with Meg, uh, Calf Faves, and you should definitely check that out. It's, a uh, very casual-like, kind of like the show, that's why I was excited to be on here too, but for Calf Faves, uh, we pick a topic, and it's usually like, oh, favorite character, favorite book, that kind of thing, and we pick our top three of that topic, and we just go from number three to number one. And we've been known to go on tangents and break the rules, but that's, like, the fun of it, you know? And, of course, we have our Happy Beep segment where we talk about things that make us happy. So it's a totally fun, positive show, and you should check it out. And it is an incredible listen as well. I love your shows. They're really, really positive and they're just fun. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Do our best. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely like always a it's it's a good way to start your day too, just because it's you know it's nice to have happy like fun positive um, you know positivity around you <laughs> to start your day. So that's yeah, when I, for sure. I that's when I like to listen to to your show. And yeah, I mean going on tangents, it's all pretty much what we do here as well. <laughs> um, so I think that our our both of our podcasts, they kind of both started right around the same time, right? And I think that they have that same sort of... Uh, like vibe. Vibe, Yeah, so it's just like we kind of have a t- topic. And I mean, Trev will try his best to deep dive and give all the Easter eggs <laughs> or whatever, but we can't help but avoid to go off on tangents about whatever that one thing is and talk about other random Wait, what is it? Living Bantha Pudu, like I said at the beginning of the <laughs> show. And yeah, I mean, watching A New Hope, I think we will most likely go on a lot of tangents here. Oh, but, but Heather, you, you haven't answered the traditional question. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to get to that because you, you made me count all of my books at the last minute. So um, I have, I, I own like at least somewhere around 150 Star Wars books. And I have read somewhere around 77. So there you go. There, those are my numbers. That's, those are my that's stats. definitely a Utini ratio. We've seen this with other guests. That I read approximately half of what I own. I'm, it does yeah. seem to be that. I'm the opposite of that where I have. Yeah, no, this case. I own very little, but I have read up more of them. Good, I, keep it up. <laughs> well, I just don't have space for all the books, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I stick to digital or I've gotten things from the library and yeah, that's me. But um, I Did mean, you the, read The Rebel Rising that I gave you? I had read it already, but I like that now I have. That's, one of, that's my only hardcover, actually. So, yeah. Awesome. Was there a hardcover for Rebel Rising? Yeah. I don't even have that. I sent it to you and I only have the paperback for what? myself. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you. Yeah. So... I was um, I was casually looking on eBay the other day because I do. I've just looked. Oh, is there something somewhere that I want that I don't have? Because I miss that feeling of random books turning up. Yeah. So I, I, I almost taught myself into starting to collect Ledger's Harbacks just so I can go back on the hunt. Because, <laughs> you know, my hunt's kind of over. There's nothing for me to get until new stuff gets announced. So it's like, 
can you hunting down hardcovers can you like find space for them or are you just gonna you never (laughs) ask that question you buy first think later well I, i still have two bookcases here that aren't star wars one of which is my stephen king my terry pratchett my cult classics all of that sort of yes stuff. the other one are my wife's cookbooks ah. they, they can go ah. they can go they belong in the kitchen anyway <laughs> so <laughs> that yes i mean i feel like cookbooks do go in a kitchen so i guess you you will have some space there you don't need another room to uh although my my canon bookshelves uh spill at the moment there was i had four shelves for my canon i spilled over onto my fifth shelf the other day by one book so I've got one solitary book <laughs> on this shelf. <laughs> it's very sad. So that just means I have to buy this more is, books. This well, is true. I'm still waiting for Rising Storm. So I went for the Goldsboro Green Page Edition. Yeah. So I'm still waiting. So I haven't even started that book. That, it's killing me. How did you like it? Um, The first half was like a lot no, of... No, no, actually, actually, no, I, I, no, <laughs> no, I don't want to know. I, I was gonna give it so my hyped. general review. <laughs> like it, it definitely like hits the fan in the second half. At least yeah. I'll give you that. Okay. So okay. You, you will enjoy that much of it. Okay. At the very least, yeah. Good. <laughs> all right. Shall we just get right into it, man? Like, let's. Uh... Absolutely. All right. So, what are the rules, Trev? How are we doing this? So we're doing this on Disney Plus Watch Party. So we've all got access. We're all watching the same movie together. This means. Any one of us have got access to the play and pause button. So we're going to give anyone who's listening along who wants to join in. I mean, you can just listen to us waffling on if you want. Or if you want to join in, we'll give you a countdown when we start the film. And then we're physically going to say out loud, pause, if anyone chooses to pause it. And then we'll just say play when we're going to press play again. It's going to be fairly self-explanatory, I think. Yeah. But this is new territory, so I also have no idea. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. It's, it's a little bit of an experiment, but it should be fun. I mean... We've all seen the movie multiple times, uh, and yeah, let's just see how this goes. Trev, count okay, us down. So we are on, we are on zero, 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 zero in three, two, one, and play. Ooh, I'm so glad the fanfare's there. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't expecting this. I, really? I haven't watched this movie since I came home from uh, watching Rogue One on the midnight showing. Really, I had to watch this. But for a while, they got rid of the fanfare. I mean, it would. The fanfare um, gives me a fuzzy feeling. It's yeah. I mean, so when it, Disney bought Fox, they got rid of the twentieth. Uh, sorry, when Disney bought Star Wars, they got rid of the fanfare. But at some point, because <laughs> obviously Disney owned Fox now as well, which is why you've got all this stuff on Disney Star. Yeah. At some point, they've replaced the fanfare, and I couldn't be more happy about that. No, I mean it's it's, it's such not a Star Wars without the fanfare. Exactly. You need that. It it kind of like sets it yeah. all up, right? It's it's part of the soundtrack. I know it was also at the beginning of a million and one other movies, no, but but it's it starts this one. Yes. This reminds me of like this um funny story. I think it it had to have been with Rise of Skywalker, but my boyfriend and I went to the midnight premiere mm-hmm. um at like IMAX. And for one, it was trailer after trailer. It was like 20 minutes of trailers for one. Like, it was kind of like yeah. a joke with the audience. Like, every time <laughs> everyone a just new trailer wants to get would show it. up, everyone was like, oh, man. And then suddenly, the Universal Studios, like, intro starts playing. And I was like, wait, 
this is definitely not right. And it started playing a different movie. I think it was like Jumanji. Oh, no. And everyone was, it was like a riot damn near. The manager walked in and he looked terrified. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're going to get you Rise of Skywalker. No trailers. We're just going to skip right to the movie. Like he, I felt so bad for him. He seemed so terrified. So we ended up not starting the movie till like an hour later. That's, that's both hilarious and frustrating. I'm pausing right there. Yeah. I'm pausing right there. The screen has just disappeared. I learned a really interesting fact this week. So there's this famous um, pre-release showing of this movie that George Lucas did for his good mates, uh, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. Brian De Palma, mm-hmm. uh, before the effects were done. Can everything. you imagine being in, in that room, though? Because I, yeah, I've <laughs> I heard the story of them like getting together, and I'm like, it's... A, it's a, but they're all, you know, they're all just hungry, ambitious directors, aren't they? But they're all good mates. They all came out of UCLA or whatever. Yeah. But Brian De Palma pretty much rewrote The Crawl that we've just watched. Yeah. Because it was so full of gobbledygook. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever seen the the sort of audition tapes of Mark Hamill and some of the stuff he had to read to land this part. Yeah. And The Crawl was like that. It was too wordy. It was too sci-fi. And it was Brian De Palma who actually went, you know what? It would work much better if you did it like yes. this. And pretty much rewrote it for George. And kind of that's what we see in the movie. Yeah. I only found this out the other day and I was fascinated. Um, right, I'm going to press yep. play again now. Eh? Press play. I never would have guessed because I don't pay that much attention. <laughs> 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 it's uh, it's definitely a fun little fact that... So obviously we're watching Tatooine and it's two moons. Yeah. Or here we go. And that is the same ship that we see at the end of uh, Revenge of a Sith. And Rogue One. So I can't watch this without wondering, well, knowing where that ship has come from. So obviously in canon, we know it's come straight from Rogue One. It's come straight from Scarif. But in Legends, it's come from uh, Toproa, which oh. we've spoke about a few times, which is in loads of books. And fun fact, the Star Destroyer is the sexiest ship design in all of history. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally just a pizza triangle, but it's so nice. (laughs) So I was, I wanted to, you know, I I did watch this, uh, the first 45 minutes of this movie. Actually, we didn't even talk about that. We are going to be watching just like this movie in three parts. Um, So the next three episodes are going to be, or the next two episodes after this are going to be this movie. Um, so it's about 45 minute chunks and I did watch these 45 minutes last night just to kind of like see what would be a good stopping point. And of course we will let you know when that is, but one thing that I wanted to ask you, Trev, just because it's, um, I'm going to be doing this throughout, but yeah, 3PO has a different colored leg in here, right? Yes. And you know, he has a red arm in the new trilogy, uh, the sequel trilogy, but here he has the leg. Do we ever find out why he has a different colored leg in here? Or, you know, like they did that one shot comic book for the arm. Is there anything like that? Okay, for the before leg? we get before we get to that point, I just want to go to a different point now. So we've just watched a bit where the door blasts down and Vader and the troopers come yeah. in. There's uh, a little comic strip in the Star Wars Tales comics from Dark Horse called Trooper, which has this one stormtrooper looking at, uh, the Death Star and everything was happening and kind of reflecting and coming close to defecting, realizing how evil the Empire are. It's a really, really hard-hitting story. 
he's the first trooper through that door and gets shot in the head, and that's the end of the story. <laughs> it's really, really <laughs> devastating. Um, but Silver Leg, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. It must have been in the old Dark Horse Droid comics. Mm. I'd be, it'd be insane if it's not been referenced and had a story built about around it. But I don't know what that story is yeah. off the top of my head. I, I, I should have thought that that might come up. <laughs> I mean, the red arm thing I can talk about because that's recent. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't think yeah. of a silver leg. Um, now we're, we've been introduced to Vader for the first time. He just walked in. Now, uh, one another thing that I yeah we we had all these plans about things to talk about at the beginning, but another yeah. kind of in, no, we no, skipped a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, one thing too is that you know all three of us come from slightly different generations um, of Star Wars. Um, like we're all about five to like eight years apart from each other, and yeah, it's about so that. like I was you know I first watched this movie from what I can remember probably in the mid nineties. Uh, when the VHS box set came out. Um, Heather, you grew up with the prequel trilogy, right? And then... Yeah. Um, and Trev, you... I mean, you had toys, and you watched the Ewoks cartoons and all that in the 80s. Yeah, that, that, there was never a time that I didn't know what Star Wars right. was. So, so yeah, I'm kind of like... Oh, I, I, this is another thing that I wanted to bring up here. He's, he's actually choking this person with his hand <laughs> and i was like why is he not force choking him i mean we don't see the force just i mean maybe that's the reason right like they don't want to like show how the force works just yet perhaps i, d I don't think it was really defined oh, well no because he chokes someone with the force later on in the movie doesn't he yeah i think he just wanted to be a badass he's <laughs> <laughs> just showing off in front of his troops yeah maybe sometimes like it feels better to just be like more hands-on probably yeah probably yeah. I, like, I want to feel that feel, larynx yeah. crush. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, story-wise, I could see it, see them wanting to hold off on talking about the Force. Just because... Yeah, it, it would be really hard to explain, yeah. well, in the first five minutes of a movie, well, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for Heather, she would have seen the first three movies first, right? Or, I mean, yes. the prequels first, so that she already knew what the Force was by the time that she sees Could you this. imagine watching the prequels and then watching Vincent go and... He's forgotten how to use a force. Why is he using his hands? <laughs> did you think that, Heather? Um, I did not, actually, because <laughs> I am super not observant. <laughs> <laughs> but I just would have thought, like, hmm, maybe he's, like, saving the force for later. Yeah. Now, here's a, a good uh, book callback. Or, I mean, you know, there's the, you know, from a certain point of view book, right, Trev? So there's the one story yeah, about... Yeah when um you know that no life forms in this um in the pod right see that's all that's always bothered me because droids are everywhere i know and they're you know it's it's ai it's artificial intelligence they they can do things like sneak plans off a spaceship <laughs> Just because there's no life forms doesn't mean you shouldn't blow it up. I know. They, they have a low laser budget. <laughs> <laughs> they have to watch like, what they shoot. They've been spending all their money building this Death Star. So. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to ask, are you cool with me guys like painting my nails during this? I, I guess mean, you wouldn't I'm have known otherwise. But... <laughs> <laughs> I only have one window open. It's absolutely fine. Okay. But the whole... The whole diplomatic 
mission to Alderaan thing. Yeah. It's because in Legends, again, it's slightly different but than Kana. In Legends, she's come back from Raltia, which is where she was delivering medical supplies. Mm-hmm. And that's where she got the information about the Death Star plans and went via Toprara. So she was still playing the whole diplomatic immunity oh. thing, but they were followed from there. So technically, she was in a diplomatic mission. Yeah, yeah. Because she is a member of the Imperial Senate. Yeah. I mean, they don't really say where she was coming from um, before Scarif in Rogue One. So she could have still been coming from there, though, right? Well, because you get the bit with um, Bale and... uh, Is it Bale and Mon Mothma? Where he's hinting to Obi-Wan Kenobi and he's going to go back and ask Leia to go and get him. Yeah. So she's obviously on her mission to do that and then gets called yeah. to Scarif to, okay. to grab the plans. Okay. So the, the weird thing that I'm focusing on right now is we can see the escape pod, we can see 3PO and RT walking up, and it was black inside. It wasn't always black. In various editions, it's been blue, it's been grey, because the technology that they were using reflected off the camera and it's been touched up in various blu-ray dvd releases so it's nice to see that it was black in this edition the, it's one of those many many changes to the movie the inside of the pod itself yeah Interesting. yeah such like a small clouds. detail think, though like <laughs> the, the clouds in this shot have changed several times oh in God. various releases the the amount of different changes the amount of versions of this film that exist are insane and there's still one version that has never seen the light of day. There's a proper 4K conversion of the original negative that has been done by Lucasfilm. Yeah. And various bits have been seen because it's been analyzed by people who are far nerdier than me and this stuff. So they know it exists, but it's never been released. They, yeah, I've heard rumors that it will be released sometime soon hopefully but i don't know i mean there's so many rumors in star wars <laughs> like that and never if, make that we've just got if we've just got the ewok movies and cartoons and all of that on disney plus anything is yeah. possible at this point <laughs> well i mean i'm still hoping about rewatching those because i have seen both of the ewok movies and they're interesting but i hate how like the beginning of the second movie completely debunks everything they did in the first movie i'm sorry if that's a spoiler but that's always bothered me i haven't seen them so a little bit of a spoiler but it's okay okay but also we just saw a 3po walking past an actual crate dragon skeleton yeah i was gonna as seen in the mandalorian yeah and what was my interesting fact see if i can remember it about that being from some Disney movie. Oh, it's something about dinosaurs. Anyway. Yeah, so I think we talked about it in uh yeah. in, in our Mandalorian episode. Um But now we're back to R2 wandering through a canyon by himself and even the red cloud skyline, that was an addition for the ninety seven special edition. Oh well. That wasn't there in the original movie. Got our first Jawa in there. One time I um, had this movie playing while I was taking a nap on the couch, and the sound that R2 is about to make, like, scared me awake. (laughs) You'll know what I'm talking about. Can you do an impression? Gosh. (laughs) All because of cafes, right? Okay, I'll do it again. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, that's that's pretty accurate. See, <laughs> thank see, you. See, I told you I listened to your show. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Clearly, you do. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> because it's so quiet up until it is. then. I it just is. jumped up from my couch. Like, what? <laughs> hold on, hold on. We're gonna get soon. There we go. Utini. <laughs> he said the thing. That's our name. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. Wait. To be honest, Corey has done a lot of great things, but that name is it's incredible. It's such a deep it's cut, such, like yeah. I've actually never asked him like how he thought about it, but it's like it's it's very clever. It's uh, he, you know props to him for that doing that. Yeah, that's gonna stick forever. So I'm trying to think of uh, named Jawas that I know off top. Well, you head. know the names of the Jawas. The the only one I can think of. They've had a few stories of her own. The only one I can remember is uh, he- Nick, which I think is pronounced K N I K. Oh, man. I was gonna say, what's, what what a casual American name for an alien Jawa? Hecknick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be wrong, or I could be saying it wrong, but um, one of the Jawas has got a, a story in the Tales from Osiris Cantina paperback, and one of them has a story in uh, in in from a certain point of view. Yeah, and I think it references that other one mm. in a few ways as well. Because he has like a interesting fact about this shot. So we're about to see R two get sucked up to the shaft. Yeah. This is filmed backwards. They literally just dropped the model down and did it that oh. way. There's no f- fancy technology. They literally just dropped him down and then flipped it. You know, now that you mention it, it kind of looked like it. Like, you sort of see it. There's something about the, the physics of it that it looks like yeah. it, is, it is backwards. It is I saw a um, like a special effects like, uh, behind-the-scenes special of this particular movie, and I really appreciate all the improvising that they had to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they made a lot of this stuff up as they went along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the props and everything, too, like, they just have to be so, so like, inventive and crafty putting all this stuff together. So we're in the Sandcrawler, so we get a gunk droid. Gunk. We've seen a treadmill droid. We've seen the, you know, the other p- protocol droid. We just saw the silver one with, like, the duck beak. Yeah. So that's the one Frank was talking about and our toy episode yes because that was called the death star droid this one on the i kind of figure this one i hate oh psychoized yeah droid. that's what i've always called psychoized yeah, cz3 weird. he's played by anthony daniels is he uh later Ow. on in the movie he shows up <laughs> he shows up in moss eyes yes okay so um, <laughs> yeah so he's played by anthony daniels in that okay. shot not in this I'm shot like, how did he do that <laughs> I feel like that was probably like an old uh, or a prototype for for three PO that they just you know they had like the props around and they're like yeah that's a little too creepy yeah. to, like for a whole movie. This, um, these dewbacks look awful, don't they? That the effects it's, it's have not stood up. It's very awkward looking. Yeah. You can they were so this was added. all done. Yeah, I, I was reading an article about this today. So all of these shots that were done for the special edition, they use like the Jurassic Park technology, mm-hmm. but they were done to sell 20th Century Fox on making the prequel trilogy. Oh. So it was like, look, we can insert all this stuff into old films. We can do this. We can do that. But technology is where we want it to be. Yeah. But it means we're kind of left with this version of Star Wars that looks a bit dated with CGI that wasn't quite where it should be. And some of it is really unnecessary. Like, you don't really need to see that you know, 
those monsters and, and, and creatures in the background in a lot of these scenes. Like, I mean, they're not really doing anything for the story itself. Well, the, the dewbacks were always there in that shot, but they were, like, really far away. Yeah. They were just, like, static things. Yeah. Which, you know, just leads to young kids using their imagination. Instead, you've got some not great CGI thing, and, it, yeah, it doesn't really add no. anything. But the good news is now you don't have to use your imagination. Because it's there <laughs> now for I can you. See that. It's there for you. <laughs> That's a weird droid. This one with all the... that. Look, see that one looks useful. <laughs> it's got like ten arms. Yeah, bro, just a bunch of just like desk lamps, right? <laughs> like, like what can three PO do? Translate a bunch of languages. Great. Yeah. <laughs> can he open a can of can of beans? No. I'm sure if you gave him a can, he can probably open it. He <laughs> is a robot. I don't think he. I think he will protest about it, but I think he could. And he's about to talk about his. Well, here. Oh, here we go, Luke. No. Two completely different sets. Mm-hmm. So that's the. Is it the Sidris Hotel in Morocco? But you can actually go and stay now. Oh, really? In that homestead. Obviously, the the two different things. So the lip of the the crater. Yeah. That is just a crater. Yeah. Everything else downstairs is a completely different cool. set, but like people have been and restored it, and you can actually go stay there now. It's kind of it's on my bucket list of if I win the lottery, I'm going there. Yeah, I didn't know that. You have know, you guys read the but, short story from um, a certain point of view having to do with this red droid mm-hmm. that busts a motivator? It's I love it. It's so yes, I have, cute, but it's, because like you know this droid was his name R four R six one of them. Um, like, he wanted, uh, like, D4. so badly to... R4-D4, yes, he wanted so badly to, like, be sold, right? Like, he wanted to find a home, and R2 was telling him, like, no, I have this mission, you have to, you know, let me get bought, I, it's very, very important. And so, um, R4 purposely, like, busts out his motivator, so R2 would be the one who gets bought. And we're, that's, like, the ultimate sacrifice. Okay, I'm gonna... Every, for everyone to know, we're, we're paused pause right now Yep, so we're yeah, pausing that now at 1840. So yeah. you've got the, um, from a certain point of view, story, and it's the same thing happened in Legends. Really? It was in a little comic story called Skippy the Jedi Droid, and I'm sure I've talked about him before, where R5-D4 actually had midi-chlorians in him. What? And it's, it's a very tongue-in-cheek story, but at this moment, he had a vision of what would happen if R2 didn't go off with You have talked about this before, yes. So again, he deliberately blew his own midichlorian because the force told him to <laughs> and uh, i will always stand by it skippy the jedi droid it's a great story that's incredible okay uh play we are just all watching the film but well it's also i, I wasn't expecting this to happen <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting that i mean at this at go. this Motivator point gone. the movie <laughs> I mean, the lead of the movie is Luke, right? Like, he is our hero. And we don't get introduced yeah. to him until now. I mean, 17, 18 minutes into the movie. So it's also kind of interesting to think of it that way, too. It, it is very much that, um, that whole influence of those 50s and 60s serials that you saw on a Sunday morning. You know, that Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers thing. Yeah. Dropping you into the middle of a story. Yeah. 
Yeah, but we we I mean, met Leia. We saw Vader. We see all these other you know main characters as well. But Luke, the actual hero, um, yeah, it's not introduced until much later. So we just did a bit quick fade to black there without having to experience how R two got down those steps. <laughs> that's that's... <laughs> how convenient. <laughs> well, yes. we know that he has thrusters and he can fly. <laughs> now. <laughs> So we, we see uh, Luke swinging his T-16 Skyhopper toy around, but he's also got a T-16 parked just outside. So that's for one that they fly mm. Beggar's Canyon in. There's loads of stories about threading the needle. There's levels in video games, especially uh, I think the first Rose Squadron game on the N64. Yeah. Um, loads of stories about him racing bigs and all sorts of stuff with that T-16 Skyhopper. Wait, how old is Luke? He is uh, 18. And he's like playing with, with a, a toy ship. Are you judging? Yeah. A Are you bit. judging like <laughs> other bit. people playing with toys? I'm pretty sure all of us do. That. I think a lot of us collect them, what, what we, but we're not going around zoomy like, "Woo, look at Why my ship!" Why not? <laughs> you don't know that. I just have to comment. Maybe on you're it. doing it wrong, Jose. Uh, maybe I am. <laughs> I have like, yeah, I have. I have my few toys, but they're all just sort of like, if they're Legos, they're fun to build, and then they just go and they're nicely displayed. I'm not like sitting around on my couch, go like, woo, look at my ship. You should try it sometime. Try it's it. fun. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Love the message. So. Yeah, now we're we're here in the, the Help Me Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope, um, and <laughs> wait, three was three PO's memory erased by the Jawas? No, I'm like, I thought they were erased no, like his... right on the um, like Bale ship or whoever ship it was at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah, but he right now he's just acting like oh that's just old data. Like I mean, he knows who she is, and he just acts so like I don't know like you, you can disregard that and I guess if he has no idea who Leia is. Oh well, that's I, right I because the... he has been tagging along with her anyway, even yeah. after the memory wipe. Yeah, like he has been I, part I, of the rebellion. I'm not sure he he worked for you know House Organa, but I think he was Bale's yeah. droid. Yeah, but and he wasn't the ship with Leia. Used as, but used as a protocol droid. You know, just a droid, not a close... Not a close personal friend like some of these droids become. If, Well, maybe. But, I mean, later on, he even says, like, when when Luke starts to talk about, or he brings up the whole rebellion, he's like, oh, you guys have seen battle. And he's like, oh, yes, we've seen a lot. So he... He's aware of everything that's happening in the galaxy, but he... or maybe he's just trying to protect her. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> oh man, there, there's no denying that Luke Skywalker is particularly whiny in the <laughs> first half of his movie. Yeah, I was trying. It's, it's a common thread. Yeah, I I was trying to figure out if this was Mark Hamill's first role. Um, he had done some TV, a lot of TV actually appearances before this, but this is his first um, live yeah. action film. 
So, which is huge for like you know what he, him being Luke and what you know what that represents for so many people. I know he's your favorite character, um, Trev, right? So, but he was just an. Com- he's the one I identify yeah. with the most because I was particularly whiny at <laughs> eighteen as well. <laughs> Who and obviously, you know, spent all my childhood wanting to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah. What about you, Heather? Who was the who's the character that you most identify with in all the in all nine films, really? I mean, I do have like favorite characters, but someone I actually identify with. Like, I couldn't hope to be as cool as anybody in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> but like, um. I don't know, maybe, like, Ray, because, like, not to, like, you know, um, toot my own horn, but I have been told that, like, I kind of resemble her a little bit, which okay. one can only hope, right? But, um, hope. I don't know, like, she's cool, and, uh, my, my favorite character actually is, like, Ahsoka. Okay. Two great characters, and <laughs> Ahsoka is definitely up there on my, I'm actually, both of them are up there on my list. Higher than Luke, actually, Trev. So, but it's weird to me watching, watching this now. You know, obviously you guys know, but I was I was brought up with this. Yeah. This was it's my bread and butter. So we're watching the 1977 A New Hope. Yeah. And we're talking about Ray and Ahsoka, and all of that, everything that we love, everything behind me, came from this gamble of a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's become this. It's magic you know incredible mag- massive thing that means so much to so many people yeah and ev- everything about this was a gamble it was so close to just never happening or never quite being as good as it is well yeah so much i mean this was not a mo- type of movie that was being made when this came out um i mean the score which now this is a i think this is a good point to bring it up right with john williams like masterful score oh um Binary, binary, binary sunset. sunset. Now we get to hear the Force theme, which back when this was released, this was called the Obi Wan's theme, actually. But this type of music was not really like done for movies in the seventies. They were going for like a classical score, yeah, is something that was, was very synth. different and another gamble. Exactly. So, but the that was George Lucas's from the very beginning. He wanted to have that classical score because he needed to ground the the movie somehow. Everything else about it is so fantastical and so out there that going with a very you know your classic movie score with classical music was his way to ground it and make it feel more familiar to us. And John Williams okay, obviously so I'm, nailed I'm it. I'm pausing a second. Go for it. So I'm, I'm pausing a second there. I haven't paused on the scene, but so he's just used uh, like a some sort of activator to wake three PO up, but also the land speeder that three PO is stood by. Yeah, that's Uncle Lars's land speeder. So Luke, if we talk about land speeders as cars, yeah, so basically Lars's is in the garage. They take Luke's car. So he's eighteen year olds. He's got his own car. But they're doing all right out of his moisture farming business. You know, he's got a T sixteen Skyhopper. He's got his own car. There's money to be made in moisture farming on Tatooine, let me tell you. Well, it's a <laughs> it's a desert, and yeah, obviously, but... um, Luke knows how to swim, so they <laughs> obviously 
the one the debate. one room we don't see in 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 their home homestead is the oh, underground is that, pool. indoor pool. Yeah, <laughs> where indoor they collect pool. all that moisture, <laughs> and Luke has learned how to swim. So they got all. Can you this- imagine what a what a mark of status that is on Tatooine? Yeah, I've, I've, I've got an indoor pool. However, they don't have enough money to hire all the help that Luke, you know, for Luke to, to go off to uh, to join the academy and all that, right? And they need him to stay for an extra season. <laughs> no. But they have an underground pool, apparently. That's got to be, like, the biggest flex. Like, if he's, you know, trying to land a date, like, hey, you want to come over? I got a pool. Like... <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got... I've got a big body of water. How- <laughs> <laughs> like, where else are you going to find that here? <laughs> However, we know that, it, you know, he's too whiny to really make that sound, like, convincing. <laughs> like, like his voice just constantly I cracks. Know. <laughs> yeah, when, when, he, when he's over there at Ta- Tashi Station, like, hanging out with his buddies, like, no one can take him seriously because he's just like, hey, guys, like, do you, do you guys want to come over to, to my pool? Like, we've collected enough moisture uh, this season. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hit play while we carry on talking about this. But we've spoke about Luke's uh, love life before. And the whole Toshi Station bit. We spoke about Cammy and how she was at going out with Tank, who turned up in the Empire comics. And Luke fancied her, but they all called him Wormy. That was a nickname because he is just so bloody whiny. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got a droid who is a light bulb. Just scrolling past the screen. Wait. So is Luke's first kiss his sister? Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did pretty uh, good, but <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Um, um, I mean, that happens I'm, later I'm in the sure movie, but others. <laughs> they have to write that story now just to make it not be a sister. <laughs> I like how when. Um, when he's saying Luke, it's so this like is the same tone bit, that she but... says it at the big, like a uh, couple scenes earlier. And is she cooking bok choy? So this is a weird bit where watching Ambrew do some food processing, but they yeah. overdubbed her voice in this scene alone, I believe. Why? So he, I don't, I don't know. They say he, she went, he went out to check whatever he went out. Oh. So they had to find someone who sounded like her. But wasn't her for that one scene. It's okay. very odd. Because you can see that it's dubbed when you watch it. And now we're getting some good old Sam people Sam and people. Banther action. First Bantha. Trevor, they're Tuscan Raiders. Come on. <laughs> oh, Sam I'm, people. I'm sorry. That, that was a slur on my part. And I, is I that like a derogatory <laughs> within this? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it is. Yep. Yeah. Well, actually, which one's the slur? Tuscan Raiders or Sand People? I think Sand People sounds more like a slur or, or a derogatory term. Do they just term. call themselves Tuscans? They call themselves people. Yeah, I mean, language isn't one of their strong points. That's they have true. their own language. I guess we should say basic isn't their strong suit. Okay, so right. bear in mind for this, uh, this shot right here. Wait for it. So one of him, oh. or is it now? There's a bit where he does that whole over-the-head thing. Yeah. That bit. That's actually a very much shorter shot, reversed and looped, 
Oh, really? So Why he does didn't it, like, he just once? keep going? Yep, he does it once or twice, and they reverse and loop it. But like I mean, a gift. Like when they were filming, why didn't he just like keep on? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah that's, like... that's basically what it is. They just and don't get me started on the rocks that R two is hiding behind right now, because they never used to exist. That's another. Oh that's no! A then, Blu-ray didn't edition. they use the rock to like? Um, there's a pole behind that rock holding right, up the speeder okay. to make it seem like it's. I'm floating. pausing. There's a lot to talk yeah. about. Yeah, okay. pause it here. Pause it here. There's a lot to talk but about. There's here. mirrors too. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So we're we're, we're so paused R2 is at 29 minutes and 40 seconds. Yeah. So R2 has crawled in behind some rocks. Yeah. Those rocks never existed in the original film. He just hid in a little gully, which is fine. Okay. So they added some rocks for the uh, special edition. Then they added more rocks for the Blu-ray release. But the gap that he crawls into, it's physically impossible to get where you now see him. He can't do that. We've seen what he's capable of. It's it's madness. Can't he shrink? It's absolute madness. But then you get this next bit of Obi-Wan making the, the sound that scares the sand people off. Yeah. So in the original movie, it's supposed to be the sound of a crate dragon. We, we don't know that because we've never heard a crate dragon but that's how it was written in various books, which makes sense. If there's one thing that the sand people are going to be scared of, Tuscan it's Raiders. big bloody dragons. And then they changed it for the uh, special edition. They changed it to some weird, just, I can't even describe it. it. It was just odd. It was something different and it didn't fit. And then they changed it again to the Blu-ray so it matched the lizard thing that Obi-Wan was riding on Utapau when he went to fight General Grievous. So they changed it to tie the, uh, this sequence back to episode three. Oh. But these guys have no idea what that lizard thing sounds like. Why would that scare them? Well, isn't it? A crate dragon would scare them. At this point, that's just some guy in a cloak making funny, funny noises. <laughs> There's no reason for them to be scared of it. This is well, true. Maybe it's like but a crate dragon, the, the, they the know what that sounds like. hearing that sound, so it still freaked them out. Like, oh man, like that that little thing is making that big weird true. noise. Like, you know, maybe it was their first time encountering that, and they were just like yeah. scared of the unknown. I mean, Heather got freaked out by R2's like shriek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scared the crap out and, of me. And R2 is not a very okay, menacing valid, looking valid thing. Point. Uh, something else that's kind of fun is like there's a right before we pause it here there's like those um, there's like writing on the wall behind the speeder and I was reading that oh yeah I can see like, that yeah so I'm like and apparently um, those are markers telling the actors where to move on on the set oh really yeah so like this the production I don't crew, think I've ever noticed them before. yeah the, the production crew ju- those are actually just markers like, t- kind of like giving them instructions of where to be and where to move around while like they were shooting so because just behind that uh, Tuscan Raider yeah of the back that almost looks like Arabic writing as well so you could almost think that that was um, mm-hmm. you know like local youth graffitiing rocks yeah no <laughs> it's yeah so it's all just like instructions and just like drawings of where people need to be um, where the actors need to be standing and moving around i did not know that i mean 
I read this. I don't know how accurate this is, but that's what I'm going with because it's kind of a cool little like fact as well. But um, I mean, it makes but sense. But you do you do often find things that I don't find or didn't know. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. Okay, should we hit play? Yep. Yeah, there. That that was the original sound. I don't think I've ever heard that. That's the original crate dragon sound. This is that was a woo. because I haven't watched this movie, like I said, on Disney Plus since it launched. It's almost like the most current version of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just this weird mishmash of all the other versions. Oh, it's, it's there we go. There we Hello go. There. Hello there. Hello there. Hello <laughs> there. <laughs> now R two has to get out of these fake rocks that he hid himself behind. There's light coming from behind them, so I think that he could have come in from the back of this little, like, cave rock thing. Oh, Alec Guinness is so good, isn't he? Yeah, and he hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he hated being in this movie. He Actually, I just read um Anthony Daniels' IMC3PO biography. Uh-huh. How was that? And he didn't hate it. Like, he he, he um he took the cast out to dinner and everything. He, he didn't know what he was in. He didn't understand it, but he didn't hate it. I'm pretty sure back. what he hated was Kenny Baker. <laughs> I don't That's know. I, I'm sure it's Daniels rumors, hated, yes. but like you know that yeah. whole story. <laughs> yeah. Although in the in the book, he's he's really gracious. He's to, Anthony Daniels does not come out well in that book, but he's really gracious towards Kenny Baker. He doesn't talk about the problems between him just that they didn't get on and you know you can't get on with everyone and that's how it is yeah i keep wanting to say like oh it's that iconic part but the entire movie is <laughs> it's all iconic <laughs> literally parts. every single bit is like so memorable Wait, so one thing that Obi just says now is that he hasn't gone by Obi-Wan since before Luke was born. And that doesn't make sense. No. no <laughs> uh, he, he was literally there. Yeah, like, I'm sure, yeah, like, he was still Obi-Wan, perhaps until, you know, when he got to Tatooine, and then he started to go by yeah. Ben. He, he was present at the birth. Yes, and people there wouldn't be calling him something else. But then we've got the whole um, oh, Kenobi show here. coming out soon. So maybe they'll cover that bit where he decides to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Ditch, ditch the first name, but keep the last name. Yeah. And that'll make it much harder to find. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to, for that show. Like, I mean, the the novel, um, the Kenobi novel is, is really good, right? And I, I wonder how much yeah. they're actually going to pull from that. To, like, I imagine it's going to be at least like a two or three episode arc. Well, I don't know how many episodes they're planning on releasing. I think they've said six, but also there's been a couple of um, massive scoops this week. So literally young Leia is going to be in it. Like really? eight-year-old Leia is going to be in Aww. it. And the and the fifth brother, the, the Inquisitor. So they oh. signed the guy from Fast and Furious. Um, I can't remember his name. The guy from uh, Tokyo Drift. Not Vin Diesel. So, Vin Diesel? Not, not Vin Diesel. <laughs> not Vin Diesel. Um, I've had enough of him for the past couple of weeks. 
No, the guy who played Han. I mean, it would make sense because, you know, it's all about family, this movie. Jose, no! <laughs> now I, now I just want to leave the stream. I just said I've had enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I do love them. those movies. Well, <laughs> like the, the, the second half of a fast saga, like they call yeah. it now. When right. they embraced its insanity, I loved it. Question for you but both. But anyway, yes. Luke has never seen a lightsaber in his life. He doesn't know what it is. And he's just given this this little metal cylinder, and he's not told how to turn it on. Or, hey, like, hey, watch it, because there's this long rod that will cut through anything that's going to come out. What if he just impaled himself? I know, that's what I mean, like... <laughs> Just like at the very at the very minimum, you should be like, you know, hey, there's gonna be something that comes out of this end, the, the pointy end, <laughs> like it's gonna be here. So just turn it on, like, away from everything, away from three PO, away from me, away from you. In fact, just don't turn it on. Just <laughs> <laughs> or turn it on before you give it to him. Be like, hey, look at this. It's what this can do. Okay, but also in universe, the Empire has supposedly somehow completely got rid of any mention or knowledge of the Jedi in 18 years. It's not yeah. going to happen. There's always going to be myths. There's always going to be stories. It not, might not be on the curriculum. Yeah. But there's no way that little Luke wasn't playing with wooden lightsabers the way we played with swords when we were doing pirates as kids. So he probably had a fair idea. It's Did probably Luke not the school? first time he's heard of Jedi. But you, we've seen schools in Mandalorian. I'm sure they had a thing. I'm sure they I had him on Tatooine. He, somehow he met, like, his friends, right? Yeah, Toshi Station. <laughs> <laughs> he just wandered there one day. <laughs> yeah. See, you've got this whole line now about you, sir, my father, in the Clone yeah. Wars. C- can you imagine Obi-Wan sitting there going, <clears throat> I, I don't think so. <laughs> Like not not quite served him, but we worked together. Yeah, I, I knew him. <laughs> yeah, I knew. That's why he's doing a beard pull. He's like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Being awfully pretentious. I, see. I know. <laughs> Those are the stories that the Organa family like <laughs> tell each Those other. Organas, they were always full of themselves. <laughs> I mean, you know. Bale with his capes and fancy living versus Obi-Wan in this hut, in this hot planet with no water. Like, of course it's going to be, like, showing off. Like, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but but couldn't you think about, let's put ourselves in Obi-Wan's position for a moment. He spent 18 years on this planet watching out for Luke. Yeah. And in one day, he's got Luke for two droids that he knows and Leia... He's like, Jesus Christ, this game, this escalated quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's also what he's been waiting for. Right. Essentially, he's been waiting for the Force to, to bring everything together and give him a heads up that now is the time. Right. But, like, what was his reason for not telling Luke right then and there? Like, hey, by the way, that's your sister in the hologram. <laughs> he could have. Well, he doesn't know where everything's going to go, right? So maybe he just doesn't want to reveal it all. I mean, obviously, they 
that wasn't planned yet when this was written. Yeah, firstly, it wasn't <laughs> written that way. <laughs> well, I mean, I I know that like they didn't decide that till later on. I'm yeah. just looking for like what are what's the excuse that is being used now. <laughs> There's I, I think it's, because it's, it's the whole um, it's the whole weaponization of Luke. Yeah, that's that's what Luke Skywalker is. He's he's a weapon. Whether it's because they can tell that he's stronger in the force or not than his sister um but that's she's the diplomat he's the weapon yeah good old use of british actors for all the bad guys <laughs> well you got uh, to use you got what you had, i guess you got like yes as a good guy well yes you do yes I mean, maybe at this point he's still questionable because. <laughs> so, do we know anything about all this background, like Imperials here, Trev? Well, so let me see. You got you got Tarkin. You got uh, so that's it's that Targ. You got Yularen behind him from the Clone Wars. So the yeah. the guy in the with the mustache, uh, Grand Admiral costume. So he's Yularen, who you'll. I've seen fighting on the side of a Republic in the Clone Wars. Force choke. Uh, is that Motti or Targ? I always get confused with those two. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I, I, I've always got confused. The rumbling sound that they use for the force choke like gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, it makes <laughs> me feel so uneasy. <laughs> I mean, I think it should. Yeah. Uh, I, I love this part because it's uh, when uh, Obi-Wan says that the shots are too accurate or too precise so the only stormtroopers can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, at least in our world, stormtroopers are known to be have terrible aim. Maybe he assumed that all of the stormtroopers were still clone troopers, ah. and he knows how good they fought. Oh, that's a good oh. explanation. There we go. That's that's the best explanation to this one line yeah. I've ever heard. And I literally just thought of it. It makes total sense. <laughs> because if he hasn't seen stormtroopers at all yet, he probably doesn't know that they've been like recruiting just anybody. Yeah, he's just been you know it's, it's been twenty years or whatever in in this planet alone. I, I love that emotion in Luke's voice though, where he goes, home. And the music now kind of just building up. But so, so this right here, I've spoke before about how seeing Star Wars is one of my earliest memories. This scene here, I must have been... We're seeing the, the hut right now Five smoke. or six is, is coming downstairs and my parents watching this video to make sure it was suitable for me. And this is the moment I walked in right. on. And now we're here, yeah, the, the Force theme, the Force just sort of like, act, you know, pushing Luke to his destiny of becoming who he will be. But now those four knows that... Dun, 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 but you dun. see the Anakin in, him, in that shot. I know it was yeah. never intended, but looking back, you can yeah. see the Anakin in him there. And yeah, and I was like uh, that need for revenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there's so, so those four, those knows that... Dun, 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 which is like commonly used in music. It's called a Dia Zire. 
and that's used to signify doom and death. So it's just oh. a really interesting transition from the force theme, which is supposed to be very uplifting, to then that those notes. And if there's, I mean, it's you hear it all the time actually. The, those four notes, and a really good use of it is in Nightmare Before Christmas. There's the one song that is basically like making Christmas make. So it's all oh. the same tone because it's all about dooming Christmas for because Halloween is taking it over. Interesting. So, yeah. So that that's called yeah, the Dies Irae. Okay, I'm hitting pause a second. Yep. So we just saw the Imperial Torch droid. So that's ITO from the Alphabet Squadron. It's the same droid. But also in the NPR radio drama of this, mm-hmm. you know, the um however many episodes it was in the script that we did, that scene of Leia being tortured is expanded upon so much and it's gruesome. Like she really has the shit kicked out of her yeah. by that torture sequence yeah. and refuses to give up any information. And it's it's harrowing, it's traumatic. And there's books that uh harken back to that scene and how that does stay with her for a long time. And you, you don't see it in the movie, but that's another prime example of other books. It really expanded yeah. upon this. And before I hit play, I just want everyone to notice, you see 3PO carrying dead Jawas to burn. That's what we're going to see now as I hit play. That's right. <laughs> Look at it. It's, it's so morbid. I'm just going to throw this dead Jawa on the fire. Well, he's cremating them. 3PO I mean, is aware is, is of any... all <laughs> these different... He's aware of all these cultural it's norms. so casual. And he it knows that Jawas do this when they die. Like they cre- so he's actually following their, like, you know, what they normally do. He, has like you think he, if... he doesn't, like, go down to gently place it in the pile. He just, like, tosses it in there <laughs> like it's laundry. Bend. <laughs> he can't bend. Why, how is he supposed to do it? I like how they stand right on the edge of the cliff, <laughs> like not worried about vertigo at yeah. all. <laughs> oh, of course not. Richard Hive of scum and villainy. Precisely. These were added later. Even more Jurassic Park ripoffs, yeah. some terrible CGI. Yeah. But it's ASP7 labor droid, a great action figure. <laughs> you have it? Sorry, that was my juice pouch. I, I used to, yeah. And then we get this overview of Mos Eisley and the mm-hmm. leftover 90s CGI. Extra, but just yeah. None of it fits anymore. Nope. Ronto, Sweet Riders, it just doesn't work, does it? It just doesn't look right. It almost feels like a different movie. Yeah. Yeah, because straight away now it looks genuine again. Except for this thing. Until you get this Jurassic Park yeah, the, Ronto. The texture is off. Just walking over the front. And then this looks fine, this droid. That's why I'm glad they went with um, Jedi Mind practical Trick. effects for like uh, Rogue the sequel. One. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and they used them a lot in the sequel trilogy too, just going back to how they did it back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. It just adds that little bit of touch of realism. And also, I mean, the, the way that the light reflects See, and shadows. See, background there. It's just... So that's the, oh, what's the name of that ship? It's the Happy Something. That is owned by Jabba's rival. Okay. There's a rival hut 
ex-girlfriend who's on the planet. Uh, the Lucky Casino, maybe? All right. So we are going to be pausing very soon because we will be stopping today's episode to right before going into the cantina. So we're seeing... There we go. Another do you back for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> there we go. So, 44 minutes. We'll pause it there just before they go into the cantina. Yep. Does that sound fair? Yeah, 44 yeah. minutes and 40 seconds. So, yeah. So, when we come back in, we will start right at the cantina when there is that one alien that pops up from the screen. And we will, with the cantina music. So... Yeah, But I can already tell you that that song is called Mad About You by Figure and Dan of the Modal Nodes. Just, you know, just to let you guys know this stuff. Is that what inspired the sitcom in the 90s, uh, Mad About You, on NBC with uh, Paul Reiser and <laughs> Helen Hunt? I'm, I'm, I'm sure Figure and Dan will take full credit for it. <laughs> All right. And the rest of the Modal Nodes. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So we're we're gonna pause for uh, right here for today. Our next episode is, of course, gonna be part two of our Star Wars: A New Hope watch along. In the meantime, just do us a favor and subscribe and rate our show on all your podcast apps. Let your friends know about us too. So, um, yeah. I mean, we want more subscribers. We all of this helps us get more, you know, more exposure money. and everything. More money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all that. <laughs> Um, if you can't wait for the next episode, go to Utini's Patreon page, and that would be on patreon.com slash Utini, uh, where you can sign up to get access to all of our episodes in advance, in addition to a whole bunch of other Utini exclusives, like, well, Cafes is also like us, where they're released in, in, with a delay on the podcast apps, but you can also get them in advance um, on Patreon, right, Heather? Right. What was your... Yeah, don't sleep on cafes. <laughs> um, you can also uh, help support us. It's, it's all about money, apparently, right now. Uh, <laughs> by getting some of our merch on utini.com slash merch. As you may or may not know, I actively design shirts, towels, pillows, and all sorts of uh, things inspired by Star Wars. Um, Heather, you've gotten a number of things from the merch page. So uh, why don't... You help me promote this. What what have you gotten from there? Um, I've gotten the Mustafar shirt, which like <laughs> that is my level of humor. It's like a silhouette of a moose and then Tafar. <laughs> I really like that. Um, I got like the Alphabet Squadron triangle tee. Yeah. I got a couple um, flowy tank tops. One with like the the Ahsoka fulcrum head and one. Oh, the Utini Hawaiian. Um, I got in the flowy tank top. I wear mm -hmm. that one like all the time. Um, I even got like the little throw pillow and I use that when I meditate because it's oh. so like nice and bouncy. So it like lifts me off the ground. Like I can feel myself ascending when I sit on it and meditate. <laughs> um, like Ray uh, in, uh, in the last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. I, like I, that. Yeah. So you are like Ray. Oh, I am. Yeah. You make a good point. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, uh, Gosh, I, I bought so many things. I can't remember off the top of my head. Like, I got the Legends Lookback shirt. I got that in white because, like, the colors on it really pop, like, um, with the white behind it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, a lot of it is really good. 
yeah, so if you guys want to help us out, I mean, just go to, uh, again, utini.com slash merch. And I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to give you all a discount code. Um, so let's, I don't know, 15% off if you put it in, type in archives. There you go. Archives and gives you 15% off on the merch store. So go get some T-shirts and tank tops and uh, yeah i've been using some of those tank tops uh when going to the gym and now that it's really hot out here it's uh really good to <laughs> have some extra tank tops around um also if for some reason you haven't yet just make sure to join our discord we have a very active community there sharing their thoughts on the latest episode of whatever show on disney plus uh i mean right now bad batch and whenever whatever next show comes out then it'll be that um people are also reading along the newest book release selling their books and collectibles and sharing their own artwork and fanfic and most importantly that is also where you can get the latest news and discuss anything star wars archives and calf faves so if you haven't joined just head on over to utini.com discord and click the join now button on that page and the three of us also pop in you know and talk to the people there so um if we're not on discord Trev, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Davy Todd on Twitter, either sharing various Star Wars things or general displeasure at the UK government at this point. But, you know, <laughs> that's fine. We'll all get through this together. <laughs> that's right. And Heather, how about you? And why don't you plug yourself and everything that you're up to nowadays? So, um... You know, obviously, I do calf faves, so uh, listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. <laughs> you, you have to. It's also on I'm all the podcasts. Yeah, so yeah, look it up. Yes. Um, I am on Twitter at HeatherG, but to be honest, like, I don't really get on my Twitter hardly. Um, but I am on Instagram a lot just to, like, look at memes and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you wanted to add me on there, I'm at Hather1027. Um, I couldn't get all of my handles the same because I got them at like different times and all of my, it's all taken. So I do the best that I can. But yeah, if if you add me on Instagram, I mean, I post every now and then and um, like share your memes with me. I love memes. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) And I am uh, djoxy on Twitter. So, uh, so yeah, so I'll be there. Or if you just hit us up on Discord. I think that's really the best way to uh, to reach us, and that way it can just be part of the conversation with everyone else in our community. But uh, yeah, that's that covers it for today. So thank you, Trev. Thank you, Heather, for joining us uh, watching this movie or this first part of the movie, and you will be here with us for the next two parts, right? Yeah, I'm that's, super excited. I mean, it, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah, it's fun just like, you know, chilling, watching Star Wars with my buddies. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the next two. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you can paint your nails and drink some uh, some pouch <laughs> juice. As we, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Um, thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making this show possible. Thank you guys for the ones that buy the merch or get some more merch because that always you know, helps keep the lights on and for us keep releasing stuff like this. And thank you, listeners, for continuing to hear us talk about anything and everything Star Wars. And with that, I can now say radio out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. 
There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.